This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by the MarTech Podcast, hosted by Ben Shapiro and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. With episodes you can listen to in under 30 minutes, the MarTech Podcast shares stories from world-class marketers who use technology to generate growth and achieve business and career success, all on your lunch break. And if you dig around, you might just find a show by yours truly. Ben's a great host. Actually, I would tell you, check out a recent show on blending humans, AI, and automation. Download the MarTech podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz. My guest today is Todd Cochran. He is the CEO of Blueberry Podcasting, a podcast media company that represents 105,000 audio and video podcasters in which his company provides advertising opportunities, media distribution, hosting, podcast media stats, and other services. He's a podcast advertising specialist and also founded the Tech Podcast Network way back in the dinosaur days of podcasting 2004. So Todd, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. And I think as we talked just a little bit as we got started, you started in 2005. So you're right there with me. <laughs> I, did, I did indeed. And those were the good old days because you know what? So I always, I can go down a rabbit hole really fast on this, but you know what a lot of people don't realize is not only was it hard to produce shows, it was hard to listen to them or to yeah. get somebody to listen to them, right? They had to actually have their own technology. So I'm certainly glad that we are where we are today. I am too. And it's, you know, no longer having to connect a device to a computer just to get the sync. So right. it's, yeah, it's nice to have it automatically happen. So tell me about uh, what shows you're producing or not producing, but shows you are hosting today. Well, personally, I still have my personal show, Geek News Central. That was the one they started in 2004. It just hit over 1,600 episodes. Then I do a co-host a show with, a matter of fact, Rob Greenlee from Libsyn, competitor. Mm. It's called The New mm -hmm. Media Show. I say we can get a PhD in podcasting by listening to that show. Matter of fact, we just finished recording of that about 30 minutes ago. And then we do an internal team podcast called Podcast Insider. But yeah, so a lot of, you know, still doing a lot of active shows, but it's really the day-to-day -day grunge of, you know, running a company and building, you know, building a business and keeping podcasters happy. So I gave a little insight into the what the podcast media company looks like today. What was the idea for starting it and what was your initial vision? You know, it's it was one of those things where when I started my podcast, my wife had given me an ultimatum to make money in the first two years. She didn't, she didn't want another boat anchor. And yeah. I solved that in June of 05 by securing GoDaddy as a sponsor of the show. And the first round, I really didn't know what to charge, and that kind of worked itself out. But in the second call, where they're getting ready to sign a contract for a year, the gal asked me, Chris Redlinger said to me from GoDaddy, she said, do you know other podcasts would like to advertise GoDaddy? And I said, yeah, I've got some tech shows that might be interested. And that really kind of set the genesis point of the idea of Raw Voice, which is the parent company of Blueberry Podcasting, and remarkably, I went on my podcast the next episode and said, I'm looking for a lawyer, looking for an MBA programmer and a graphics developer. I've got a business idea. 
And we're going to have a call and free conference call to Hotcom in 10 days to be there if that's you. And on that call, it was a lawyer, an MBA, and a graphics developer. <laughs> and the graphics developer, new programmer, got him on the phone. We formed the company over the phone. Just absolutely insane how that company started. We didn't meet each other for the first six months. <laughs> well, as I recall, I, and you and I were talking about it, I was probably a fairly early on user. As I yeah. recall, it, it was primarily a WordPress plugin and then hosting came later and obviously advertising network came later. Is that, sure. was that the initial vision was to just make it easier to get those shows syndicated? Yeah. The first, really the sequence was we had the advertising piece in place. We started ramping up real quick with shows with advertising. We built the stats platform so we could measure this stuff. So we weren't yeah. overbilling the vendors. The plugin happened because another plugin started that we were using was being abandoned. The person that was updating it wasn't being paid to update anymore. So we developed our own plugin and that kind of really led the genesis of everything else. And the plugin really kind of been like that candy at the end of the, you know, when you're in checkout, you know, that piece <laughs> that you would grab. And it really led to everything else that Blueberry does today. Yeah. Yeah. So people are probably already tired of hearing old folks reminisce about the old days. So <laughs> let's talk about how that's evolved now, not just Blueberry, but just, you know, podcasting in general. I always yeah. tell people they're, you know, the really early days people got into it, but then social media came along and that was shinier and it seemed like mm -hmm. podcasts kind of went in the background and then AT or Apple decided to put the app on the iPhone as a native. And all of a sudden everybody was like, what are these podcast things again? To the point now where, you know, it's, probably the hottest advertising medium going, isn't it? Right. You know, and there was this, that definitely a series of inflection points. You know, it was, you know, yeah. the inclusion of iTunes. It was the iPhone. It was the inclusion of the app delivered with a phone. And then obviously listeners got more interest in podcasting when Serial came around and had this, we had this huge inflection mm -hmm. of true crime shows. So really, I think, you know, it's been this long, steady climb and now the space is just, you know, it's uh, the indie podcasters. Some of them are kind of concerned, but, you know, with all this commercial investment that's happened, yeah, I think that all ships rise together. So I think that there's plenty of room for anyone that wants to create content out there or, or use it as a business funnel or whatever their goal may be. Yeah. I, you know, I was going to ask about that, how you think, like, where are we now, you know, in, in the word podcast, right? When blogs first started, they were really almost typically an individual's journal almost and people interacted with them and their you know comments were a big part of them and you know they've really changed now even the blogging software is really referred to as just content management mm -hmm. software systems i mean po podcasts in some ways started around that individual host of the show would you say that we we're almost at a point where you know we need to redefine what a podcast is you know, there's been a lot of talk about it, you know, if you're in the purest sense, so, you know, it still requires an RSS feed to deliver a show to these syndication points, but the average listener doesn't care. They yeah. don't care if they listen on Spotify or watch on YouTube or consume. They really podcasts are consumed anywhere. I've had this saying for a long time. They say, I don't care where they listen as long as they listen, Yeah. but I want to be every place that they are. So I think in that instant, you know, podcasts are many things to many people, but you know, I'm kind of old school. So I still believe in the, you know, you still need to have an RSS feed to deliver the show, which causes most people's eyes still to glaze over, but it really <laughs> is that mechanism that keeps the space open and from 
being locked down and gatekeepers coming into place and making rules, it's still an open ecosystem. So I think yeah. from that aspect, even with the commercial investment, the podcasting space as a medium is very secure and will continue to grow. Yeah. Let's talk audio versus video. Is that a distinction? I seem like video vcasts, I think they people were calling mm -hmm. them at one point, kind of had a point where they were popular. Now it seems like everybody's doing some audio, some video. Of course, the technology has helped that, yeah. but the portability of audio, I think, is still what makes it so attractive to me. Yeah, I think still people have more time to listen than they do to watch. I know that I yeah. do. But at the same point, I think the video piece of it is more of a, well, I started doing video 10 years ago, doing live video for my shows. And I did it purely out of selfishness because I do a solo show. So I was, I was doing it eight o'clock in the evening in Hawaii and, you know, it was kind of boring. So yeah. I was using it as a way to get a little interactivity from the audience when I was doing the show and it kind of just turned into this thing, but that's really most my main reason. And I think that's the way a lot of podcasters think about it now too, is you, some people like to watch, some people like to listen, but I still, my show still 70, 30, 70% listen, 30% watch why they watch me. I still don't understand, but it's, <laughs> it's kind of the way it is. Yeah. I do. I mean, I think it's like, it's like when my books would come out, you know, there would be some part of the audience who was like, I'm going to get it when the audio book comes out. <laughs> you know, I was like, well, I'll just go buy it now. But there are just some people that that's what they'd rather do. And there's no question that, you know, enough people have seen you on video now that you could probably go to a conference and people go, oh, I've seen that person. And so it certainly the medium, I think, itself has different uses and you're going to people are going to consume different ways. You know, but in all honesty, I've had more surprise interactions from people hearing my voice. So yeah, it's like yeah, walking yeah. in O'Hare a couple weeks ago. Someone heard my voice. And they turned and they said, oh, you're are you Todd? And I'm like, yeah, what, what show do you <laughs> listen to? You know, so it's so I think when and also the audio piece is more intimate, we're truly we're truly in there. It, you know, those that are listening right now, we're, we're in your head. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, I call it the earballs. We're right in their ears. Yeah. So yeah. it's, I think it's a different experience when we watch YouTube, which most of us do, you know, we can be distracted. And I think in podcasting, we're able to hold audience attention span a lot longer. So I think that's why the medium has been for a better word, so intimate. Hey, e-commerce brands, did you know there's an automated marketing platform that's 100% designed for your online business? It's called Drip, and it's got all the data insights, segmentation savvy, and email and SMS marketing tools you need to connect with customers on a human level. Make boatloads of sales and grow with gusto. Try Drip for 14 days, no credit card required, and start turning emails into earnings and SMS sends into cha-chings. Try Drip free for 14 days. Just go to go.drip.com slash duct tape marketing pod. That's go.drip.com slash duct tape marketing pod. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've had a YouTube video opened in another tab and all I'm doing is listening to it. Right. Because <laughs> I'm multitasking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no question. What are some of the most exciting things in how the technology has involved, evolved uh, as far as you're concerned? We were, again, we were laughing, you know, before we got started here about the early days of recording on, you know, handheld devices and phones <laughs> that we'd plug into. And, you know, you and I were recording this on a platform that that's actually 
just web-based and you know once we're done recording it'll upload the two recording you know separated tracks i mean there's just some really great advancements what are what's your current feeling about the technology that you're using no i think you hit the nail on the head it's riverside squadcast some of these platforms that allow us we don't have to have this big tech setup i you know i've got literally thirty thousand dollars worth of gear in this room that i don't need anymore because of the way the space has changed and the technology being able to see who you're interviewing or being interviewed and have that interaction is a huge difference in the early days all we really kind of had to really listen for those visual cues and we often would step on each other just because there wasn't that visual component. So I think that's a big change. Obviously, they've got lots of great software out there now for editing. Uh, I've always been an Adobe Edition type of guy. And matter of fact, I don't edit. So I'm one of the few that actually don't. But but I wouldn't be a podcaster if I, all these years, if I would have had to have edited because it just takes too much time. But that's why they've got people out there doing those types of services now. But that's another thing too, is there's a service for everything. There's right. VAs, there's people that do transcripts, there's people that will do your editing, posting, the whole nine yards. So it's going to, you have to write a check, but you can use your time wisely. I am I saw, I got a pitch from an, an AI service that was promoting themselves as you, <clears throat> all you did was put in the guest or something about the guest and they would create a list of questions oh, for the guest. You know, based on, just go out there and just like find, you know, your footprint and go, here's what, the, here's what you ought to ask this guest. And I was like, wow. You know, we're, I wonder if we're going to even do the interviews at some point, you know, yeah, it's and, pretty crazy. And, you know, and I think too, the thing that's about podcasting that like this interview, you had a little background on me already, so you didn't have to do too much research, but I think there's a lot of folks that spend a lot of time researching their guest. And yeah. the, some of those best interviews are, is when a podcaster is able to dig out that nugget. You know, right. they get deep in a conversation that may not have happened otherwise. Can I get up on a soapbox and complain about something? The, and I'm sure you get this too, but nothing drives me crazy faster than when somebody asks me to be on their show and I agree. And then they send me to a six page form to basically write the interview for them. I just like, you know, it, this is, I guess I grew up, you know, in a PR background and mm-hmm. it just feels like journalism to me. Right. And somebody else writing the article, I'll let you riff on that if you want to. You know, and it's even funny because I hired a service to help me get more interviews and they asked me to write the top six questions I'd like to be asked. I'm like, I don't even want to do that because <laughs> every interview right. is going to be wash, rinse, repeat because yeah. some guests or hosts are lazy. I've been lucky that people have only pulled from that a couple of times, but yeah, when I do guest interviews, I don't want any prep. I want the conversation to happen free flow. I think that's when you really get into the good stuff. Now you have to do your homework a little bit to kind of figure out what you're going to talk about, but I I think that's the job. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Let's talk about advertising and podcasts. My first advertiser was AT&T. I just kind of dropped out of the sky and it was a really big deal for me at the time. And, you know, fortunately, I'm currently sponsored as a member of the HubSpot network. So, you know, the money is definitely out there. And I know a lot of small four or 500 you know, a month download folks are now finding, you know, opportunities to get, yeah. you know, advertisers for shows like that. So w- w- maybe talk a little bit about, cause I know obviously you play in that world substantially with Blueberry. So talk maybe a little bit about the opportunities you think are out there and maybe just the state of, you know, this form of advertising. 
Sure. In the space today, 50% of podcasters are using podcasts for non-monetization reasons. They're using them for funnel, business building, authority building. They have a different goal. But the other 50% are looking and hoping to monetize. Currently today, only 3 to 4% of podcasts are actually fully monetized. So it leads a whole bunch of people on the sideline. So five years ago, I would say that programmatic advertising probably would not have been effective because there just wasn't enough movement in the space and enough trust. But now programmatic has got to the point where even the smallest shows can get some advertising and it may not be, it may be take their spouse or partner to dinner money. Some people will make car payment money. Some people will make house payment money, but there is going to be an opportunity here in the very near future for all shows to be able to monetize at one level. Now, obviously the host red endorsement stuff, which is the core of the space continues to rule and mm -hmm. pays the highest CPM rates. Matter of fact, my sponsor GoDaddy, which I've had since 2005, it's remarkable. They've been with me this entire time. Those are completely host endorsed episodes baked in forever. But then again, my show gets, my tech show is 96 hours. It's achieved nearly 90% of its lifetime download. So it doesn't have a long tail, so it doesn't matter. But I think that from an advertising perspective, you know, niche, real niche content is, and high value, niche high value content can drive a lot of dollars. But if you're not super niche, then you need to big, build big. And yeah. the bigger the audience, the more potential for revenue I think there's lots of ways to skin a cat now. There's Patreon, you can, or just a simple PayPal link, which I've used for years to raise money for a show and get support. I think though, a lot of podcasters get really wrapped around the axle early on about trying to make money yeah. too early. Yeah. And, but I think when a show gets the substantial size and stability and consistency, I think there's lots of opportunities to make money yeah. across a variety of fronts. Yeah, I always, I. I you know, I guess because it was so much work in the early days, you know, I always told people I'd, you know, I'd do it if I had one listener and no, nobody because of the people I got to talk to that, that yeah. was really, to me, the reason for doing it. And, yeah. you know, the, everything else sort of turned into a happy accident of consistency, I guess. Yeah. But, but that I, that's, you know, I would do it again for that very reason. Yeah. I think for me too, is authority was one of the first things yeah. I was trying yeah. to build authority. And then second was my wife forced the monetization piece on me. Yeah. She wanted me to get monetized. And, the, and really, it was fun. You know, I had a lot of fun doing the show and the action with the audience. So I have always told my audience, when it quits being fun, I'm done. But it's so far, it's still fun. I guess that's a rhyme. But So let me ask you what you think about, you know, some other mediums, you know, of advertising has really waned because people have other ways to you know, to get around it. I mean, to not, you know, all this, a lot of the streaming shows and things now, people are paying for that subscription. So do you think podcasting is going to go that way? The paid model where I pay to subscribe so I don't, or maybe one of the benefits is so I don't have to listen to ads? Is that, I know there are people out there doing it, but is that, do you see that being the substantial way that people monetize? I think it's a key of scale there. I think you have to be big enough to do that because only a small, you know, it's just like, clicking on banners, only a percentage are going to click on a banner. So, I, you know, if you can get 10% of your audience to convert to paid and build an audience, that could be significant ongoing revenue every month. But yeah. I think, again, it's an economy of scale. You have to build an audience to be big enough to be able to, I, I think it's, it's a combination of both is good, you know, and I have played with that model before and for my show, it didn't work. So I have a purely a 
you know, an ad driven plus if you feel like it, throw me a, you know, throw me a cup of coffee type of thing within the show. But it's a, I think it's really up to the podcaster and what they want to try. But again, I think for the premium to pay a premium with no ads, I think there's several models that would probably work better. Number one, if you're part of a network yeah, and the network does it and you get a share of that revenue from the network based upon your volume, that could be a potential or number two, again, you decide it's worth your time to put that out that separate show because it's what you got to do. Also, if you're on PayPal or not PayPal, if you're on Patreon and you mm. put on some type of reward, that's maybe an extra episode for a contribution every month. What happens if only five people contribute? Then you're locked in yeah. to do so the work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a lot easier to produce a second show without an ad, but then again, you may have to pay for a service, the managing of it to have people be able to access that. So I, you know, it's a way of time and money, I think. Yeah. So anything coming for Blueberry that, that you want to talk about that, that people may not know about yet? Well, you know, we just spent two years completely rebuilding the platform and yeah. it was getting a little long in the tooth. So we spent the time during COVID and uh, to really put spit and polish on it and knock the walls down. And we've added some stuff to our stats that are really knocking people's socks off. The one's called a retention graph for giving them information about when people are dropping out, when they're actively oh, yeah. listening to the show. It's been huge so far. Yeah. But the bigger piece is what we're really focused on is helping shows grow. It's the thing I keep hearing day in and day out from podcasters. How do I grow? How do I grow? So my team is focused on providing data and analysis stuff that they can look at at a glance that says, okay, here's where I'm slipping or here's where I'm doing well, or this episode did good and why, or this episode had a drop off and you know, what happened there. So we're trying to give folks info that they can easily look at without having to be a PhD and data analytics to figure out what's going on. So that's kind of our goal is to help podcasters grow because to be honest with you, that's the end game. You know, as well as I do, it, growing an audience can be a challenge and it's oftentimes the grind of doing it for a long time. That's right. People are not that patient anymore, you know, and they want quick results, but it's still, you have to, you know, sit in front of the mic and do show after show on a regular basis to really build that big audience. If you're an Oprah, you know, you come with an audience, but if you're, <laughs> you know, you may be authority in your town or your city, but maybe you're not in the next state. So it's one of those things where you just have to build. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to once again spell blueberry because I bet you've done it six billion times with it's, that little with that little quirk. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy. It's blueberry without the e's because we couldn't afford the e's. <laughs> so if you want to spell blueberry the way you normally would spell a blueberry, you just drop the e's at b l u b r y dot com. Awesome. Well, Todd, it was great having you stop by the uh, the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. In terms of podcasts, you're certainly the podcasting industry. You're a legend in the industry. So it was really great getting to spend some time with you and have you uh, drop by the show. And hopefully we'll run into each other one of these days out there on the road. Absolutely. Appreciate it. And congratulations for your 17 years. That's an accomplishment <laughs> in itself as well. Well, thanks so much. Thank you, sir. Hey, and one final thing before you go, you know how I talk about marketing strategy, strategy before tactics. Well, sometimes it can be hard to understand where you stand in that, what needs to be done with regard to creating a marketing strategy. So we created a free tool for you. It's called the Marketing 
strategy assessment. You can find it at marketingassessment.co, not .com, .co. Check out our free marketing assessment and learn where you are with your strategy today. That's just marketingassessment.co. I'd love to chat with you about the results that you get. 